0: Welcome back to For Folk's Sake, my name is Paige and this week our guest is Adriana D'Amelio. Adriana is an advanced registered nurse practitioner with a dual certification in women's health and midwifery. She's also the assistant medical director at DERMA in Olympia, Washington. When I first decided that I wanted to start a podcast, I honestly almost started a podcast that was completely dedicated to women in STEM. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. I am so happy that I chose not to niche down that much. While I do really resonate with stories who are similar to mine. I wouldn't have been able to capture so many other amazing stories, met so many other amazing individuals, but I will admit that speaking with Adriana gave me such an amazing energy boost within myself and also the little bit of senioritis that I have going on right now. She's so passionate about her field and has dedicated so much of her life to science and how she can use that knowledge to help others. It's truly amazing and it's really inspiring as a woman who is now moving out of her undergrad and trying to figure out like where does my knowledge kind of fit into the field and how can I utilize my passion to help others so we just we talked about so much and I'm so honored and appreciative to have met Adriana and have had such a great conversation with her so now it's your turn to learn episode 33 with Adriana D'Amelio. Adriana, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to finally meet
1: you. Me too. Thank you for having me. Of
0: course. I was stalking you on Instagram (laughs) for a while. I'm not
1: gonna... (laughs) Oh, I know. Instagram. It's, like, such a love-hate relationship with (sighs) social media, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Especially, like, we kind of have to post about, like, what's going on. Mm And There's some days where I'll open the app and I'm like, I don't want to do this (laughs) Exactly.
1: And that's, like, for me, it's, like, it's great because, like, you found me and derma and, and it's obviously like a great outlet to you know share what you do and what you love but then it's like that pressure so sometimes yeah. i do feel that social media guilt
0: <laughs> yeah I, I always say social media either makes me hate myself or hungry yeah yeah most of the time it's hungry all my instagram real videos are like the algorithms just sushi
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That's exactly what I'm getting after this.
0: So. Really? Oh, perfect. <laughs> we love that. Yes. So why don't we start with like a little introduction so mm-hmm. everyone can know who you are, what you're all about before we get into the good stuff.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So um, my name is Adriana D'Amelio. I am a women's health nurse practitioner Um, and I work – I'm also – one of the medical directors at Derma Medical Spa. And so um, this is where I work now. Um, Yeah, I I work as an injector and I do a lot of... treatments that help with women's health or just sexual wellness overall um so i like to focus on whatever anybody needs when they walk in the door and and i like to make a space where um once somebody's in my room they feel comfortable to talk about whatever they need to so we can kind of get to the bottom of what's going to make them feel better when they leave
0: right yeah was there a certain reason that you feel like you fell in love with helping with like women's sexual wellness
1: yeah, I think, um, well, it's kind of a funny story because I started out my nursing career in the military and I thought I was, you know, I graduated nursing school and I thought I was going to be like this hardcore critical care trauma, you know, ICU kind of person. And, you know, when you join the army, you don't really get to pick what you do. They kind of tell you, yeah, that's nice maybe one day but we need you here yeah and that here was mother baby or like a postpartum unit and it was kind of like the place where everybody was like oh no you got sent there which is kind of yeah it was just it's not a sexy place to go really (laughs) you know it's like you join the army you think you're gonna like do this like um i'm trying to think of like one of those movies You know, I think of MASH, which I've never even seen one episode, but that's like the one thing I think of when I think of like (laughs) military medicine. But, um, you know, you get instead you end up in a place where people just had a baby and they're in this really vulnerable place. And, you know, at the time I was 22, 23, I'd never had a baby yet. And I just didn't feel like I was going to identify. But it was it's really funny the way that life works because I fell in love with it. Right. I got so into that moment and just being able to share um, in something with, with families that was like a lot of the times uh, the the wives or the women, um, their partners wouldn't be there because they were deployed. So they'd be doing this on their own. And at the time I was stationed in Germany, which even made them more isolated. Oh, no. I know. And so I just kind of became this person that I didn't know I was going to be because that's You just rise to the occasion like they had no support. They had no partner. They had no family because they're in Germany. And so they're just doing this like really huge thing in their life kind of by themselves. And so you just fall into place and there's no real way to teach that. And it, it just became something that I became very passionate about. Um, One of the units I was in, you know, Skype was just becoming a thing and I was able to help people like set up Skype accounts so their spouses or their partners can see their babies. And so it's kind of – that's that's kind of where my women's health started and I became a lactation counselor as someone who would never breastfed before obviously because again, (laughs) I didn't have a baby and so I was like, well – I'm going to learn about this now because that's a big part of postpartum work is teaching people how to feed their babies. Um, A lot of people think, um, and I find this to be true with a lot of women's health in general, is like a lot of people think that, oh, it's just intuition. It's just natural. Things just happen and you should just know how to do this. And that was the hugest lesson and what I was so grateful for to know for myself becoming a mom is that it's work it's practice it's not all just like natural and and it's okay to like read a book ask for help not know how to do something and so um so that's kind of like where that love started for me and then of course it it eventually I was interested in the whole labor process itself so I went to extra training did labor and delivery and then I became a mom and I had my own labor experience, which was wonderful, but also, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term nurse curse. Um,
0: where you're like <laughs> hypocritical during your own experience. Right.
1: Or like something, of course, is going to happen to you because you're in the medical field. Yeah. And so it's like, so I kind of had a... Like you have to be the statistic. Right. Exactly. So I kind of had a, a rocky first delivery when it came to like the healing part of it um, to where I... um and I don't know if this is TMI. I'm always willing to share no, the story.
0: For folk's sake is like the antithesis of TMI. Like Yay, You can say whatever I
1: love you want. <laughs> Seriously. Whatever yeah. you feel
0: comfortable with sure. sharing is always my rule. Like if you feel comfortable saying it,
1: yes. say it. And, I, and, and that's the most important because that's literally like, again, another reason. Yeah, I can name a million reasons why I got into this field. But yeah, um, is because I didn't, hadn't heard my story before, and so I always feel like if I share my story, then someone can hear it and be like, "Oh, I knew that that happened before, and this is what she did, and maybe that right. helped me." So, um, my first delivery, I had a, a laceration that didn't heal properly, so a vaginal laceration, and um, I had to actually. It took, um, I think six to seven months before I could get someone to kind of take me a little seriously to the point where I had to have another surgery to fix it and so you know that really sparked something in me because as much as I I love all of my colleagues in in the medical field and I do um I do believe that you know we're all human and we're all trying to do the best that we can but I do think you know it, it was very evident to me that you have to listen to your patients yeah like and so, you know, I went through this period of time where it was like, well, that was your first baby. So, of course, it's going to hurt to have sex again with your husband. And of right. course, you know, you don't just like snap back to normal. So I'm just here, you know, six to seven months not having sex, yeah. thinking that I'm never going to be able to have sex again, Ugh. even though you're cleared after six weeks. And yeah, That's so sad. it's like, you know, I'm, I'm 26 years old, had my first baby, super crazy about my husband scared to death that I'm never gonna have sex again and he's gonna leave me because it's like oh, it hurts so bad that's and such an awful yes fear it have. was it was it's really so scary young, only mm-hmm. 26
0: Holy yeah
1: cow. yeah and so you know I, I'm here and I'm like well great we have this beautiful life but I'm broken and I don't really know am I gonna be fixed again and so finally I did find um one of the colleagues I worked with was a doctor and, and she had a really, really big passion for like vaginal care (laughs) and just like vaginal pain. And, and she kind of really was like, no, we're going to check this out because once, once I ran the timeline by her, she's like, wait, how long? And it was also just like going to the bathroom was painful. Couldn't sit for too long. So she kind of put the puzzle pieces together for me. And she was like, no. So Anyways, long story short, I had a surgery. She fixed it. A month later, I was pregnant again with my second son. <laughs> so she. Oh, it was very successful. It was a successful. I know. I remember running into her again. She's like, how did everything heal? And I was like, well, I'm pregnant again. And she's like, oh, okay. So I guess it healed great. Looks like it
0: so, did. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, but that just story always sticks with me. Um, because I do feel like there, there is a, a part of this field that it's like, um, when you're pregnant and you're in the OBGYN and you're going to your appointments or with a midwife or, you know, whatever – you are like the star of the show and then you have your baby and then something happens where no one really mom, cares about you yeah anymore. there's no follow-up there's no like there's not enough follow-up i should say and that's, i agree you know it's it's a time that's very important i always refer to it as like the fourth trimester but even after that like you're you're so many things are still changing in your body and on top of that now you have to take care of like a tiny little baby yeah. and so you know, that was always something that was really passionate to me, which brings me back to that that postpartum time. And then when I was finally done having babies, I have three boys now and my youngest is three. And it's kind of you're back in that place of like, OK, I'm done having babies. I'm done using my body in this way. But does that mean I'm done using my body? Yeah. And so it kind of like, right, like led to this other journey of like, you know, for the next 15 20 years am I going to just sit here and focus on all the ways that like I'm not going to get pregnant and I'm not you know I'm not using my body in this way but it's still so focused on like you know reproduction reproduction instead of pleasure right and uh and so that I give that um credit to in grad school when I was going through my program was actually a dual program for midwifery and women's health and um and that's when I learned a lot about like the perimenopausal phase and like how to con- still seek pleasure, how to listen to women when they're coming to complaints and things like that. So.
0: Right, that makes sense. It's interesting that you said that you feel like once you're done with that reproductive stage, that you're kind of oh, not over it, but there's something that changes in that.
1: Right. I've
0: definitely I don't have children, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a separation between like the one the women who reproduce mm-hmm. and the women who. Mm-hmm. Do not.
1: Exactly. So
0: that resonates with me where yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, hundred percent like And even just that language using yeah. it's like, what are you doing?
1: Exactly. Even that language of just like learning how to, you know, for so long you're just taught when somebody comes to the GYN office or or, you know, their well women checks, or even just like their primary care, it's like You're so focused on reproduction for them and just changing the language even in that way of like, what is your life plan? What is your plan? Like it, it, you know, it doesn't have to only be centered around like, okay, when do you want to get pregnant? Are you trying to get pregnant? Or or just assuming that that's what people want for their lives.
0: It's like reproductive care and women's health care Mm -hmm. isn't synonymous Mm
1: -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. At all.
0: And I feel especially like in the army that they do think that it's synonymous. Yeah. I took my IUD out and you would have thought that, oh, they, they made me sign like a waiver. Uh. You have to understand that now you're going to get pregnant, you need to get right. back on birth control right away. Mm. And I'm like, I, it doesn't make me feel healthy. Like, isn't right. that a part of healthcare? Is yes. like what makes me feel good. And so mm. I was definitely like, I wonder if this is like an army thing or if it's like a just like women demographic. thing.
1: Yeah. And that's an interesting thing, too, because I will say I'm like you and that all of my healthcare has been through the army, Um, even ever since I was little, just because my father was in the army and oh, then cool. I was in the army and now my husband's in the army so i don't know i think that that's a really that would be an awesome thing if like i don't know if people write in your comments or something that that would be a cool thing to see if people yeah what their experiences yeah just because um i know when i was doing training it was all in civilian and i do feel like when i was in the room and i was doing you know my clinicals and and asking people things I went to Georgetown University. They did a really great job. Yeah, go Hoyas. A really great job um, working with us on language. It wasn't just about like procedures and things like that. Like there was so much language um, to be inclusive, trauma inclusive, um, you know, trans inclusive, um, LGBT, like even just that whole conversation of just assuming that somebody's partner is what you think that they are just because they're a certain gender or or sex or whatever. So right.
0: yeah, no, that's super cool. I know before you had kind of mentioned when we were going through the concept of aging with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you feel like as you've transitioned out of um you know, having children mm-hmm. and filling that out. How, what does aging with enthusiasm like? How does that resonate with you the most?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, going back to just like in the sexual wellness way, it, I think I came up with that word enthusiasm because it made me look at sex completely different. Um, when I was in those years of like wanting to build a family with my husband. I think that's how I looked at sex was based on my cycle and based on, you know, you know, when are we planning to do this and do we want to get pregnant now and we're going on a vacation. Do I want to be pregnant on the vacation? You know, like everything was wrapped around like, am I going to get pregnant? And now knowing that we just that's not in the plans anymore, we're just exploring so many different ways to be uh intimate and sexual with each other and it's it's just really exciting to kind of be at that place where you know we're planning to just be a little more liberated with that I guess that's the best word it's enthusiastic we're enthusiastic about it now for another reason do you feel
0: like a part of you since you don't have to worry about that almost feels like free or like liberated kind of how you said where you're just Mm -hmm. like I don't have to worry about any of this anymore
1: right yeah it's it does it I mean we I know you've met Shauna and Linger and so they do a lot of um you know, workshops and things, and we've gone to a couple of those, and and it's just opened up this whole new way that we talk about sex, and this whole new way that we talk about being intimate, and just, like, getting to know each other, um, and things that we never really it's it's interesting that in the beginning of our marriage, we never, we will be hitting 10 years this year. And we're just now talking about like our yes, no, maybe list and our, you know, like different things that we might want to incorporate. Yes. All of that. Where before it was just like, none of that mattered. It wasn't about pleasure. It was like, okay, we're going to tried now oh. to have another baby or like give this person a sibling or like you know is it it's more like, of a planning kind yes, of or thing or like
0: sex with a purpose but not exactly sex for pleasure exactly
1: That's, yeah because there so was definitely times where pleasure was not involved
0: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> sorry like, honey <laughs> not <laughs> but uh, you know sorry, what I Mr. mean Debellio. right exactly
1: and now it's very much so like when we talk about it it's it's very enthusiastic and and that's just I mean that's just the best way I could put it so that's that's the one where place where I see like aging with enthusiasm and being able to you know talk with a partner and and in that way but then also just um being enthusiastic about aging for me just means looking at aging like a privilege you know like so many people don't get to do it yeah. and um so many people You know, are frozen in time, like we you kind of like mentioned earlier. But to be able to like make that next rotation around the sun and gain, you gain so much knowledge, knowledge, experience, yes, all of that, and and you make so many more connections. And especially like me being in the military, being able to like travel to different places, or not being in the military, but having been in the military, and now my husband's in and those experiences that we were just we're just so blessed to look back on and be like we lived in Germany, we lived in Hawaii, yeah. and we still have those friendships and connections with people. And I just feel like that in itself is something to be enthusiastic about because you get to keep developing. And um, I know that if I would have stopped developing in my twenties, I don't know that I would have loved that legacy. And right. I, to the 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 joy that I get to be able to like change my perspective and you know have some meet somebody who's like enlightened me to think a little differently. Like it's almost like you open another um and part of your brain. Part of your brain. Yeah. yeah. Almost like a what are those Christmas things where you get to open a new tree each time oh, you like an, advent like an yeah. That's like the visual that comes to my head is like the next year you get another piece of like candy or a cool toy. That, yeah. Like, oh, it's I just an that. enthusiastic thing for me. And so when I, when I talk to people, you know, a lot of times they come into derma and they're, they don't have that feeling. And so my hope and goal is that I can help change their perspective and be their little toy behind the calendar. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, this is an awesome thing. And we're going to match your physical to feel like what you want. Right, I was just going to ask, do Mm -hmm. you feel like there's
0: an interesting duality where people will come into derma and, like, let's say they have lines or the smile lines or the crow's feet, and Mm -hmm. they're like, I want to, like, get Botox to, like, help fill that out or whatever treatment that you would recommend for Mm -hmm. them. Is there a duality between offering that service but also encouraging them to age with enthusiasm? Totally,
1: yeah. And and there is, like, especially in the beginning of of me – you know, going into this field, it, it was, um, hard to try to maneuver that and like navigate that because I never want to make somebody feel like they need any of this. And that's why a lot of, uh, one of the amazing things about working with Dr. McCann is, you know, she fully trained me and, um, she is also a medical doctor. She did years in the ER. And, um, when you learn in that way and you're not learning from like, people who sell, people who are just like in the aesthetic industry. It's a great industry, but, you know, let's just be real. Like there, yeah. there is a world where it's like you need this and you need to look like that and you need to look like this. And one of the things that sold me on Derma is like we are not that at all. Like yeah. we are really – we are really medical in the sense of like, this is a process, just like every other process in your body. So like, how I would talk to somebody about how they're going to go into menopause is how I talk to somebody about how their skin changes as they age, you know, how everything kind of works together. And we can uh, do as much or as little as we want about that. And I find that when people learn the medical reason behind why, you know, skin does this or that, I find that it's a little bit easier for them to um, accept. Or yes. to t- take the whole, um, like, it's almost like, especially with women, I find, it's almost like when you age, I hear a lot of, like, blaming of themselves. I was just
0: going to say, is it like a blame shift? Yes. Where it's like, oh, maybe it's not something that I did, or I look this way because it's mm-hmm. me. Like, it just happens to everybody. Totally.
1: Totally. And it's like, this is just what it is. And so when we look at it in that way, it's like, this is because the sun sends down harmful rays that, like wear and tear on our skin but guess what we can put this on our skin to protect from that this is because we're looking at these little blue screens all day and those rays age our skin and let's protect that yeah yeah <laughs> and so this mic. Uh, yeah laptop. i know right so just like little tidbits like that that i have found over the course of you know like the year and a half i've been in this industry in this field is like we take the blame off of ourselves, and we just do what we need to do, yeah, to like
0: get you it know done. get
1: it done if if that's what and you want, feel and if great you don't about want it, it done. right, and that's the other thing is like it it also takes away like the vanity aspect because that's the other side where people are like, "Oh, but if I do this, I'm vain, right, you know, and um. I I heard someone say this the other day and I I feel oh I I wish I could remember was that it? if I do I'll, I'll message you mm-hmm. um but it was something it was something on Instagram uh TikTok or something and it was like people it was an interesting thought she was saying that people who are vain probably wouldn't be somewhere like this because they think that they are Already, oh. like, you know, people who are like narcissists or whatever, like they're just too, Like why would they get any treatment right, done if they already think right. they're the best? A lot of times there's this tie where like, oh, I don't need self-care in any aspect of it because I'm already like, you know, and I think that this is just another part of self-care where it's like tied to mental health and all of that to where yeah
0: yeah. no I totally agree too when you um became a nurse practitioner you said you were in the army first Mm -hmm. did you do all your training through the army too
1: no so I was in the army as a, a registered nurse and I um I ended up leaving because, again, as I said, my husband was in as well, and it just became really difficult for us Being to like have, like, dual, dual military. military yes. Yeah, that lifestyle I mean, is. big props to people who can do it. Right. I, I've yeah. met some
0: people where I'm like, dang. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it wasn't the road for us, and so my husband was able to stay in, and um, I was able to get out, and I tried to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're and like, that didn't no. work out too well. Um, so I decided to go back to school at that point, and um, you went to
0: Georgetown. I did. That's I so I, I did their
1: program for um, as I said, the dual program for midwifery. So I am actually a certified nurse midwife. I don't practice in that way. I don't deliver babies at all, yeah. um, anymore, or you know, at all. But um, uh, love it still. But I, because I just kind of feel like where I was going in life, it just wasn't, wasn't lining up was right going there. there. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes sense.
0: So, so once you got your degree, what was the next move? Like what I want to know, like what your career journey to get to derma was yeah. like. Yeah.
1: So when I was still in school actually, um, and I had learned about some vaginal rejuvenation things, so just like different ways, different, first of all, different like vulvar, um, disorders or, or, you know, problems that, we learned about in class and like different alternative ways to treat them. And so that's where I came across the O shot. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah little plug soon. there. But um, so the O shot and all of that. And so I was asking my preceptors and teachers and things like that. And like, it's just not a treatment. It's not a treatment that is offered in like medical facilities. And so it was offered in medical spas like aesthetic spas and and so I thought that was such an interesting thing so that's kind of what led me to look into different med spas and in this area there was nobody doing it really Mm -mm. at least not the actual like um trademarked O shot Mm. but yeah I've I've haven't found like I think the closest was Puyallup And so I... That's not close at all. No, I know. (laughs) And so I reached out to... I just kind of slid into... I always tell her, I was like, I'm so glad I slid into your DMs. Because I did. I was just i totally naive. Wasn't even thinking about like aesthetics in that way. I was really like, do you do this procedure? Have you heard of this procedure? I'm a women's health uh, nurse practitioner student. And I'm really interested in like seeing how this would work. And she's like, well, I don't do this procedure. But you can come and shadow and see what we... what we do here and so literally the first day i came to shadow and i was just like oh this is really cool you know i mean i had heard about botox but a lot of misconceptions were you know um she helped to erase a lot of the misconceptions i had about all of it and um and by the end of our shadowing day you know we had talked a little bit about the osha and things like that and she was like well if you want to work here you can (laughs) And like literally, just like that, and she's like, "We'd love to have you on the first day." And I, I was like, "I." So I didn't know it was like a kind of an informal interview kind of thing. But you're like, "Wow, I didn't think to, that's how right. my day was gonna end." I, I, it was like total kismet, total just yeah. like you know, perfect vibe, and um, and I'll never forget that day because my, it was just like opened my eyes to so many amazing things. First of all, like you know this badass woman who just like runs this business and was like, yeah, and, and yeah, I'll have you come on board too, because she just had so much, I know, so much faith and trust in the, in the people that she picks to work. So that was really, really, um, just amazing. And then, um, to just empowering, to empower me to like, you know, being somebody who had all these years of experience in women's health, but like newer as a nurse practitioner, um, and taking that chance on me. So of course I was just like, all right, I went to the training. I, you know, I learned all I could about like PRP and those areas and um and so that's and the aesthetic stuff kinda came from her. She trained me in all of that. And so that's that's how I got here. It was really yeah. like there really wasn't that Feels complicated. Like her, I know I feel you guilty came here as sometimes. a student. Yeah, and I shadow the rest of the time.
0: How am I going to find someone that's going to do that to me? (laughs) Shoot
1: your shot is my best advice that I can say to anybody. Just message her on Instagram? On Instagram. Just
0: write in the DMs.
1: Like literally, I think she, I think a month or two went by. And so then I wrote a comment like, hey, don't know if you check your DMs, but. Like and then post. she like totally saw it yeah on a post. So a little creepy. I I didn't think, but it's funny because I looking back now, I know <laughs> when she did say that, but looking back now it's just funny because I literally was not and and looking back now knowing the aesthetic industry side, like I did not know how complicated or competitive it was and hard to get into this yeah. field. And I was just literally like, I just want to put some plasma in people's vaginas. Like that yeah. was kind of my I'm thing. just chilling. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, it, I think that was just one of the missing pieces here. And she had just got, gotten, um, the, Hemi lift machine and so it, it was funny because she's like you know I love that you want to be down below the waist because I don't want to see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's like you are so the perfect like, compliment out. to me. Yes so oh, it worked that's out. That's so funny. Yeah. I do want
0: to talk about the plasma so you I yeah. know at Derma you guys do the platelet-rich plasma. Can you explain mm-hmm. to me
1: how that works? Yes and so um so basically platelet-rich plasma is a blood product that um we harvest from clients. So a client will come in. Uh, we offer some people might have heard of it as like vampire facials or vampire facelifts. Oh, this or, is the same
0: thing. Yes.
1: So oh. it is. So, um, that's a trademark name, which we are a part of the, um, the association that's allowed to use it. Um, and so. We have clients come in, we'll draw their blood, we spin it down in a centrifuge, and um, I like to compare it to, like, if you scrape your elbow and you have, like, the gooey yellow stuff that helps make a scab and makes new skin and things like that, we're basically harvesting that healing product and then injecting it wherever we want. It's full of human growth factors, undifferentiated cells, and so wherever we put it, it's going to... um increase uh, blood flow to that area, increase sensitivity to that area, and then make more cells of, of the same kind that are around it.
0: Yeah, it's like a little helper on, like, a construction site almost. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, What would you say is, like, the volume that you take for a specific treatment or, like, yeah. a certain treatment?
1: Yeah. So we usually take about, I would say, 10 cc's. So what is that? Two te- teaspoons? of. cc's? Yeah. It's Yay. like five mil. I can see one, uh, like yeah. little Like think of like, a, like where the oh, line Yeah, is. yeah, I know. I, I try to talk in like – because I know it does freak people out a little bit. But I think like a ketchup
0: That's not a packet.
1: Lot. It's not a lot of blood, no. And then that usually yields about half of whatever we take. And so for something like the O-Shot, we would take that. And then I um usually get about anywhere from like four to five oh, – Like five to six cc's of plasma, and then I inject one cc in the clitoris, and then one in the and or in four cc's in the anterior vaginal wall. So,
0: and that's what the O shot. is. And that's what the O
1: shot is. Yeah. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And then, so for a P shot, I also inject penises, and so uh, we take a little more because there's more area surface area that, makes that we need to inject and so um that one I usually take 20 cc's and then I inject 10 into the penis
0: what are the primary benefits of an o-shot for let's do women first sure girls ladies first
1: yeah well and for for everyone I mean again so wherever area we're gonna go to we're gonna create more blood flow so why is that great for an o-shot well we're injecting straight into the clitoris what do we want the clitoris to get filled with blood. Um, So once more blood comes to that area um, and it nourishes the area, it becomes erect. So it helps with um, arousal. So
0: like sensitivity. Yep,
1: sensitivity. And so by being aroused, we can increase lubrication. And so when we're injecting it in the anterior vaginal wall, we inject it in an area where it's believed that a lot of our secretions come from during arousal. So like oh. some different glands and things like that that help with, you know, all the lubrication that makes sex enjoyable and easy to do. And and so um, those are the two main areas that what we're injecting to bring more function to the area. Because Because as we age, as hormones change, tissue changes, they don't function quite as well as when we're, you know, at the peak of like our hormonal, right, right. Um, So we do essentially a biohack to continue to bring blood flow to that area and keep the tissue nice and nourished. Um, One of the side effects that some people find as well is when we're, um, so when I talk about the anterior vaginal wall it's right below the urethra and so when we're helping uh build more tissue there it can also help with um people who struggle with things like leaking or incontinence with you know uh stress incontinence and things like that it's not like the main function of the OSHA but it has helped with that um, right. as well
0: it's very interesting that it's um you're basically like repurposing the clients own materials Mm -hmm. which is so cool Mm -hmm. you feel like the OSHA is like the epitome of aging with enthusiasm (laughs) because once you told me that when you're like oh yeah we can restore like sexual function I'm like oh that is aging with a lot of enthusiasm
1: I think it's it's definitely a piece of the puzzle for sure I definitely do I think it all works together um it's kind of like I it's It's funny because I I think of it all as one system, but like when I'm talking to people about their faces and we talk about facial balancing, you know, a lot of times people will want to come in and they'll want to only focus on like one area, like, oh, I want lips. And it will throw the rest of your face off balance or, you know, oh, I want cheeks. And then, you know, you can walk away looking like Maleficent. And so it's kind of the same thing with, you know everybody part it's like when you just focus <laughs> on one thing um you want to make sure you don't throw off too much of the balance yeah so it all works together but yeah oh my god you you got you see you see so maleficent funny. now don't you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But it's, it's all true. i can see is it's
0: angelina true. jolie yeah. who already has like gnarly cheekbones yes. anyway.
1: and so you know try to i think it, you know anything that we can do to help bring all of it in balance or keep it all in balance is something that I'm enthusiastic about. So, yeah. So with the PRP, would you say
0: that that's a treatment that anyone of any age can do? Does Mm -hmm. it only restore function or does it also help maintain function as well?
1: Yeah. I love that question. Yeah. Totally can help maintain. Um, It can. Because One of the other things it does is like building collagen. And so that's something that stops, like that production goes, like slows way down at like 25 to 30, that age range. I know. And we don't even see that part of it. We just know it slows down. And then about 10 years later, we're like, oh, there's the fruit of that slowing down. And so that being said, I'm all about, you know, keeping maintenance um, and function of the function, um... At any age, I think. And it also can enhance. Uh, Another thing that PRP does, it's been well documented that it helps in wound healing. And so um, you don't have to wait until you get to that, like, perimenopause phase. Like, if you were someone like me who had a birth injury, um, PRP has been used to help heal lacerations um, and things like that. Yeah. And so um, I think... It, it it can be for anyone. I do. Yeah. I do. Um we do have it's not like my go-to here. If there was somebody who was um, you know, cause these things I, I don't know if we'll talk about costs or anything, but like when I usually prioritize for people if we're talking about a lot of preventative stuff, we also have um uh devices that help with like pelvic floor muscles, which also kind of contribute to that. Puzzle piece as well, and yes. so yeah, the Encello chair. Yeah,
0: that um, is a cute. Yeah, thing. <laughs> you could take like yeah. a little photo shoot on there and yes. be like, "Don't mind me." I
1: know. Yeah, fully clothed. And so I talked to a lot of people, um, a lot of younger people, about that too, because that is really important. For um, I mean, even if you don't come here and do that, it's really important to focus on your pelvic floor muscles, um, whatever age you are.
0: What would you say is? Um like something that weakens the pelvic floor muscle more than people would initially think of?
1: Um, If you are somebody who works out a lot, working out, just being a, yeah. Cause a lot of times we're not, if we're not properly lifting weights, if we're not properly, you know, running, like I've had people in their twenties that are just like really big into lifting weights and, um, find that increasing that intra-abdominal pressure from doing that is putting so much pressure on their pelvic floor that it it just weakens it. And so if you're not working those muscles out too, like, you know, they say leg day, arm day, you need to have a pelvic floor day (laughs) (laughs) to make sure that you're keeping all of those pelvic organs nice and supported.
0: So even clients who use the Mcella chair that strengthen the pelvic floor, do you also recommend that they do like specific exercises to like help with the effects of the Mcella? Or is it Mm kind of like the Mcella is just like, it does it?
1: No, I mean, so I always tell people gold standard always, always is pelvic floor PT. If you are having an issue, Um, there are physical therapists that specialize in pelvic floor strengthening. Um, Some of the downsides to that is it can be a little invasive. It can be, you know, because they do a lot of like actual assessments and inspecting like inside and, you know, oh, exercises that have to do – they're more internal. And so the m is really great because it is not invasive at all. You sit fully clothed and you are receiving a benefit of muscles tightening – and it's it's similar to like a tens unit. Have you ever used a tens unit or heard about a tens unit? Mm-hmm. The, it's like the electromagnetic pulse of of muscles. It kind of contracts the muscles and in oh, different ways. Tens. So tens unit, yeah. Yes, yes. I have. And so that's kind of what the mcella is doing. Um, but other than that, I also tell people like I follow a lot of sites. Um, like Vagina Coach is one. Um, There's another pelvic floor PT person, and I can't think of the name of it on Instagram. But they do a lot of, like, free exercise uh, demonstrations as well. And so I'll just add that into – but also things like yoga, things, like, that help you kind of do different balancing and, like, more core work um, will definitely help as well. So there's lots of ways to get there. Um, And Stella's nice because – it's thirty minutes. <laughs> it's oh, that's like you quick. just sit there. Yeah, you do it. You do six treatments um, for your first initial package. Six treatments. Um, you do twice a week for three weeks, and then usually after that, it's like every six months you do like a maintenance treatment. But
0: okay, do you? What would you say is the demographic that would benefit the most from like the mcellature? chair?
1: Um. Again, I think anybody with a pelvic floor, <laughs> with, I mean, any like I've even had men sit on it for like, you know, even through like men who have prostate issues. But I guess what I mostly see and people who are mostly coming in to kind of like inquire about it are people who are in that, you know, uh, perimenopausal or maybe just um, had, you know, children, and so they're right. experiencing the stress incontinence that can sometimes come with that.
0: Right. That mm-hmm. makes
1: sense. So well, usually that's what people are looking for is like, I'm, I'm leaking, and I don't want to do that anymore, and I don't want a surgery, and I want to try this because it's non-invasive. And we yeah. found a lot of great success for people in that range. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Oh, holy cow. Yeah. I, I really I rarely have to turn people away because, you know, that's something that really – incontinence is a big disruptor of quality of life. And so people don't usually like to wait around and just be leaking for life. So they come in at a pretty good time. Some people though, if it's gotten to the point or if it it depends on the cause of the incontinence, um, we can't treat people who have um, really high grade pelvic organ prolapses. So that's where the organs are outside yeah the body. like start you know have lost that structure and i always refer them back to their gyn or like a urogyne because uh, yeah. that's usually a surgical intervention is needed there uh, and so. you're like i can't do that
0: here yeah
1: <laughs> i mean it's great but you know a lot of the things that we do here they're all non-invasive non-surgical and so that's kind of you know there is a limit still so i don't you know want people to think it's gonna take away all problems but if you catch it early enough and it's something that you want to work on and you're a good candidate for it then yeah then definitely Mm -hmm.
0: okay so this next one is kind of a personal question how do you guys feel about or how do you personally feel about preventative Botox
1: I love it I love that that's a new study that has come out and um and it's being talked about so much more because I think a lot of what I think it just goes with that aging with enthusiasm is like just understanding what your body's going to do and taking back control so that you don't have to feel like you're just a prisoner of, you know, aging or whatever. Right. And so when we think about how Botox works, it is um, it's working on the muscular level. So you're stopping your muscle from making really intense movement and contractions on your face kind of you know and so um when you one of the parts of aging that kind of goes hand in hand is when you have your muscle moving and then you have your collagen production going down, it's a lot of wear and tear on your skin. Um, And so that's where we get these like dynamic wrinkles turning into static wrinkles. So basically dynamic is like you see them when you're moving and you're making faces. Static is like you're not making the faces and they're still there. And that's kind of that transition of losing a lot of that collagen. And so um, you can kind of see where your muscles are moving no matter what age you are, i you can see like, okay, this is probably going to become a line here right. later on. So by using just small amounts of Botox, um, we can weaken that muscle. So it's not doing so much wear and tear on the skin. And then of course, you know, that's only like 20% of how to help your skin. The other 80% is what you're doing at home. So you're using good products. You're using sunscreen all the time because that's going to slow down your skin breaking down as well. But um that preventative piece for the Botox, that's kind of how that works. And it's, yeah, it's, we have people coming in in their 20s just for like a little sprinkle or we call it baby yeah. Botox or whatever, but <laughs> it helps to... um Weaken the muscle and not let it get so active. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so
0: interesting. How many? How much is a? How many CCs is a baby Botox?
1: So the way we do it in units, um, oh, okay. yeah. So in a vial, there's a hundred units, and it really is independent to each person. So oh, okay. it's very unique because. Um, Some people, I mean, I have people all the time, especially like um, women who come in and they'll have like lines around their lips and they're like, I don't smoke and I don't know why, but I have lines around my lips and a lot of it is genetic. And so a lot of it, we can look at your parents and see like if there's a line that you're concerned that you're going to get, if they have it and you're moving in that way, you're probably going to get it. So it's it's usually not like a crazy amount, but um, it, it is dependent on like, you know.
0: Right each when person you said the lines around the lips but I don't smoke I thought you're gonna say like well maybe you just drink a lot of like iced coffee
1: yeah and that too right <laughs> like using a straw but like all of those little lines that we make they don't only just come from aging a lot of it is genetic a lot of it It's just, you know, how we animate. Yes, yes.
0: That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I saw in your office you also have a machine called the Femi Lift.
1: Yes. What is
0: that?
1: So the Femi Lift is a uh, CO2 laser, and that is for vaginal rejuvenation as well. Yes. And so – We're all about uh, vaginas (laughs) over here. I love it. At least I am, for sure. (laughs) Like, I kind of – I, like, stay on top of everybody and their vaginal health. I'm like – You guys, are you guys' vaginas happy today? Like what's going on? (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's basically a laser that helps by um, resurfacing the vaginal tissue. Um, Again, vaginal tissue, wear and tear, it ages, it dries, it loses sensitivity. And so by creating, by stimulating new tissue growth, the thought is that we're bringing more blood flow to the area, more nerve endings to the area. We're just like giving a new, fresh uh, tissue lift, I guess. That's,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a facelift. Yes, for your exactly. Vagina. Exactly. Um, and so that's inside the vagina. What it would is. you say the size of the laser is?
1: Um,. The, so it is, it, we call it a wand. Um, oh, cute. Yes. And I would probably, that's a good question. I haven't measured it. Um, is it like a pap
0: smear wand?
1: I'd probably say a little smaller than that. Oh well. We can yes, all get that smears. We yes. I think lift. it's a lot more comfortable than, than a pap smear. And there's no opening of it, so, you know, it's a wand that's inserted. Oh, yeah, no you're there's s- no speculum. speculum. Right. Yes, I'm yes. Using scupula,
0: but yeah. that's totally different. <laughs> no, we're not putting scoopulas
1: so, in the vagina. right. I'd say maybe like a little bigger than a tampon for sure. But um yeah. It's it's mostly comfortable. It gets a little warm but usually by the time you feel a little warm we're on to the next area of Mm -hmm. um of the vaginal tissue so and
0: you're able to just like see everything in there you're just kind of like oh yeah i know that this is my next spot
1: yeah it's so yeah the wand is scored and so i kind of can keep track on of you where know of where i'm at oh, yeah that makes
0: sense. yeah i know
1: they think of everything don't they
0: yeah do you have to wear goggles or you're protected because it's inside
1: protected because you're inside yeah
0: oh mm-hmm. interesting
1: yeah
0: That's so interesting. (laughs) What would you say is like a group of people that would benefit from that? Like everybody?
1: Um, I think the same thing and more in that like I usually say people who are experiencing pain during sex if it has to do with like dry tissue, um, lack of lubrication, um, or people who are not really feeling anything during sex because there's just a lot of like loose tissue or you know, it helps to oh. kind of like tighten things up yeah. some. Um so, you know, that being said, it's it it really depends on symptoms, um, who I would kind of like steer towards the Femi lift. So do you mm-hmm.
0: think when you are having like consultation with a client just based off of maybe their um, like what they want and everything then you can or is there like a specific kind of uh system that you suggest everyone goes through or it's um, like very custom maybe? Yeah
1: I think it's custom I think it's more like I, you know I have people that come in and, and I always try to find out what their biggest concern is. um, And we go from there. Because a lot of these things too, so it's, you know, with the femi lift, another great side effect is that it can help with stress incontinence too. And it all kind of works together in the same way. It's all about your urethra being supported. It's all about your pelvic organs being supported. And so when we're tightening and firming up the tissue – you have that support, and so a lot of times we can get where we need. so when I find out what the chief concern is, so typically if it's stress incontinence, I'm gonna point towards the cella. If it's things like lubrication or you know sensitivity, I'm gonna point towards the Femi Lift. If it's like wanting more intense orgasms, wanting more sensitivity, I think of the o shot, yeah, oh, that makes wanting sense. to bring more blood flow um wanting to maybe explore trying to have some like penetrative orgasms more so than maybe, you know, bulking that I thought that was, was a myth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a myth, but it's it's rare and it's, you know I think any kind of orgasm is a great orgasm, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. <laughs> um, so as you've been
0: working here, would you say that you've noticed with your clients like a specific stigma that they hold towards their women's and like sexual health? Or do you feel like everyone who comes in is pretty like down?
1: Um. Yeah. I, Maybe I, down is not like the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I think that there's just stigma in general of feeling like, You can talk about it and you can prioritize it. And I think that's the biggest thing I've heard people say is like, yeah, but I don't know, you know, they have other things that they could be doing or other people that they could be caring for, you know, and so a lot of times I think women specifically even like kind of put themselves on the back burner. And so that's one thing that I've always feel so honored to be able to let people know like, no, you're worth it yeah you just you and just for you um it doesn't have to be for anyone else you don't need to be doing this for anyone else if you want to yeah if you want to experience um this and if this is something that's bothering you you're worth it then that's enough that's the only reason you need um because you know a lot of people will try to justify and find all these other reasons to do things that really would um help them and and give them a better quality of life and and to me i'm like good that's that's it Wonderful. One reason, that's it. <laughs> I like that's so I think need. that's the stigma right there is like, I feel like, it's, you know, as a woman myself, like I find myself like, okay, the, the pros and cons list. And, you know, if there's one pro, I can think of probably like 10, Ten cons. cons. And it's like, no, the one pro is enough.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah it so doesn't just matter. Just breaking at all. down
1: that barrier because so much comes from that one pro. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I
0: am thankful to be um, when I look at like maybe my mother's generation and my aunt's generation, our generation is definitely a little bit more accepting and a little Mm -hmm. less easy to like let go of that stigma and kind of celebrate yourself as a woman. Where sometimes I feel kind of bad for that older generation where mm-hmm. you're like, maybe, I don't know, things were so different and things yes. have progressed so quickly now that it's possible that they could have missed out on like certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to think that someone could come here and kind of like get that back. That's yeah. like, I've thought about that demographic a lot throughout our conversation totally. where you're completely restoring a part of their life that maybe they've never really taken advantage of yeah. or they've never really explored and you're just like
1: Let me help you out
0: and, like, you go home and have the time of your
1: life. I love it. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is when people come in and, you know, it's like it's called a sexual wellness consult. But we come in and we just start talking. And I just start throwing around, like, vulva and clitoris and, like, you know, penis and orgasm and ejaculation and female ejaculation. And they're just like, oh, we can say that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Let's say it. Clint's Vibrators, talking. like yeah, and and so it's just you know, and and when I you know, it's not in a you know obnoxious way. We're just talking, and well, I just we're just talking about your body. We're just talking, it's and the same I, thing and this is like an is elbow and a wrist, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm just you know, do, don't even bat an eye because it's like I'm go, I'm right there with you, sister, and yeah. Like, I don't want to live any less of a life than I know that I can. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give that to people. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you're doing a great job. Oh, so that's good. <laughs>
1: Do you think uh, becoming part of the Derma
0: team, you've been able to kind of like foster a community of people who are like like like-minded or like also passionate about sexual wellness or like you've grown like a passion in others too? Because your passion is very tangible. I hope
1: so. Oh, I hope so. That's like my goal. I I think that's one thing probably like if on a personal level what I struggle with is like, you know, a lot of times you have these dreams of like I want to do – I want to be, I want to make this space. I want to open this space. But it's like you haven't really experienced the space that you're trying to make. And right. so it is hard to kind of like put yourself out there. And, you know, that's that still sits with you, like that reject or like, you know, the rejection of, of people kind of looking at you like. Like I do feel like there's times where I'm like, am I talking about sex too much? I mean, who cares? It's so strange.
0: Even when I was growing up, I remember thinking of sex as such a taboo thing. And I was raised in a pretty like conservative Christian area too. Mm. So it's like, if you have sex, you will get – have you seen Mean Girls? Yes. Where he says, yes. "If you have sex, you will get an STD. You will get pregnant. Yeah.
1: And you
0: will die." That's how Classic. I always felt. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's me so too. nice to be more in an area that's like, or finding people mm-hmm. like you, or finding people like Shauna, where it's yes. just like everyone's having sex. Okay, right. like let's just yes. get to it. Everyone's yes. having sex. Everyone likes it, and as long as like. Mm-hmm. You're doing it the right way. With Doesn't consent, really mean, yeah, yeah, with consent, yeah. <laughs> if someone of age. I always say, yeah. as long as you're having a consensual, of age sex and without 100%. an animal, I don't really yeah. care what like you
1: do in the
0: bedroom. <laughs> yes, I don't care. At I
1: agree. All. I or yep, yep, that's totally and and um and so yeah, like speaking of of Shauna, um, I know she does some things time from time like having people do like photos and things and and because she wants to capture like real bodies and like real women feeling comfortable and and andre and i love that and so she off op- op- opened that opportunity to me and it was one of those times where i was like all right this is that moment where it's like this is the space you're talking about this is the stuff that you're wanting to like let people join in on and um of course you probably you know you'll feel like you're alone in doing it but then like little by little more people will be like oh okay that's okay
0: right you know and sometimes it they have to see someone that maybe they know or someone they already feel comfortable with kind of take that like public leap where they're like yeah me too actually someone who
1: looks like them yeah i mean that's that's something in this in this space too just in aesthetics overall and just like being a woman of color That was another piece of, you know, why I think I fell into this world so much, especially like in women's health, because there is always such a discrepancy when it comes to. I was
0: just going to say that.
1: The care that people of color color do
0: not Mm. receive the same standard of care Mm. as like Caucasian women. And it is the most irritating thing to me to think that. The Even if you're just even looking at, like, the birth mortality rate for women of color. Totally. It is disgusting. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, a very exclusively, like, Mm -hmm. continental U.S. thing as well. Oh, yeah. Which is an interesting...
1: Yeah. Doesn't matter, like, financial, money, economics. Like, it's just always more risky being a person of color. And so, (laughs) that being said, you know, that's one of the things that drives me, too, is, like... I feel like maybe I didn't have that many people that looked like me growing up to, like, yeah. compare my beauty standards with or compare, like, you know, so I was always comparing against things that were just, like, unattainable. And so if I want that to be different for people coming, you know, after me, I – and if if I'm the one that they look at, regardless if it makes me that, you know, uncomfortable to look at myself sometimes – you like, know, it's something, it. it's a milestone that was important for me. And I'm just always so grateful that Shauna um, afforded me that opportunity because I'm growing in myself, but I'm also f- hoping that someone else can see that. And she looks like me. Like, yeah. I'm going to go in that store and get that too, or whatever. Sorry. Yeah. No, you <laughs> I'm getting passionate now. I'm hitting tables. <laughs>
0: We're going. So, for yeah. It. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You mm. and Shauna are like the cutest little friendship oh. <laughs> ever. I love it. I know. I'm going to call her and be like, hey, I go <laughs> hey we both saw page today Yay. but we didn't see each other it's fine <laughs> what would you say is like coming up next or like what do you hope to see your career grow in helping people or whether it's derma like what's on the horizon for you
1: oh wow well um i i i guess i can say this i am actually in the process of applying for a postmaster certification in dermatology congratulations thank you i uh, I And I usually don't put things out there like that, but well, I'm feeling it. confident. Yeah. And, you know, if I get in, great. And if I don't, you know, there's always next year. And that's another part of life is you like. You know what?
0: Making the decision to do something like that deserves celebration oh, in itself. Oh, thank you. So yeah. So I say congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah. There's, a, there's some great programs around that specifically focus on dermatology and even though, you know, I learned a great deal in my nurse practitioner program, it is such a specialty field, again, especially for people of color. Mm-hmm. There's so much, especially in this aesthetics industry, kind of what brought me into that is um, I've had clients come in and they said, I came here because I saw your picture and your skin is like my skin. And I figured if your skin looks good, maybe you can help mine look good. And yeah. like, I've literally had that experience where, you know, I'm like, well, I have a great team here. Like our estheticians are great and very knowledgeable um, with, you know, all skin types. And so that's been wonderful. But also like educating myself for that has now become a, a huge goal yeah. for me and understanding how um, different skin of different ethnicities reacts and and what the best products are what the best way to care for uh you know all kinds of skin Each types and so everyone. so yeah so not so much sexual oriented but but yeah i've been really 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 um interested in like the dermatology realm so that's that's my new goal um, it's funny because you always say you're never, ever going back to school oh, after you finish school. Feel. And it's like, here I am again applying for a new program. So we'll see how that pans out. Well, but. you're a woman of STEM
0: and I feel like we're just addicted to getting degrees and like yeah. knowing everything. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be in such a rut where I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to be done with school. Oh, I'm so done with school. And then someone will ask me something and I don't know. And I'm like, wow, I'm so lazy. I got to get back yes, to it. Yes. There's a gap
1: in my knowledge. Knowledge or exactly. Something. And that's that's truly what I've have felt because I think, you know, I started so enthusiastically about sexual wellness. It brings people in the door. It it builds you build all these relationships. But then they're like, Oh, you do this too. Tell me more about this. And I'm like, Oh, there you go. Like, there's a gap. I need to figure that out. I need yeah. to learn that. And um and so yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So if anybody wants to connect with you or, like, keep up with you on your journey or at Derma, what Mm -hmm. would be the best way to contact you Mm -hmm. or to, like, make that connection?
1: I would say Instagram, even though I have a love-hate relationship. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have both my, uh, personal one, which is, uh, Adriana Maria 86, um, and that one, I, I share everything on that one. And then I have a very like derma focused one that kind of shows my work, you know, before and after. Um, that one's cool. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, um, that one, I, again, I feel like, you know, when you start doing this like branding thing, it's like, I don't, I feel like I don't, um, And I've actually been looking into like different social media, you know, how to's
0: because you do
1: you get into this mode of like, okay, well, I don't have quite the right content. So you don't feel like you can post. And so and I feel a lot more free and I find that I'm like intertwining some of my work stuff more into like my personal stuff because Maybe it's, it wasn't the right week to post that on my business one. I know this is a whole right. other rant, no, but it's fine. just like the struggle. So It is a struggle. Yeah. But you know
0: what? Someone told me the other day I was kind of having a similar issue where I just kind of felt felt kind of shitty about the whole thing. And she said, it doesn't really matter what your content is because people will come back for you, not what you're posting. Yeah. And, and I'm like, finding oh. a
1: lot of my clients end up following my personal account. And we – have a lot more to engage in with that. So I've just been sharing both of them and like cuz I know I'm all, like I I am a fool on my personal one like I'll show my family or I'll just like be talking on there because there doesn't feel like there needs to be a schedule right on that one. Um and so some days I talk about like sexual wellness, some days I talk about aesthetics, some days I talk about my kids, some days. So there's a lot more that I talk about on there, but if you are you know, you want to see my work. I don't really post my work, so like my before and afters and things are usually on my work page. So. Yeah,
0: the work page is yeah. super cool. Thank I you. love before and <laughs>
1: afters. I yeah, think they're so cool. I know they're fun. They're fun, and and we've been. I have some really good ones coming up here because I like to focus a lot on like long term plans for people. Um, I mean, again, I like doing the occasional just like lips and or this or whatever, but like overall, when I think about like. And aging enthusiastically it's about solving the problem and not covering symptoms so just like be- rebuilding in a slow and steady way always has the best results and so i do a lot i have some fun before and afters coming up of people that have been with me for like a year now oh, and whoa. we can kind of see all the things that we've done and all the other treatments they've gotten so you can kind of see the full picture of what oh cool. we have to offer yeah
0: oh that's so yeah. awesome well thank you so much for sitting yes. down with me I'm thank so happy you. to like finally meet you I know this
1: is fun yeah
0: I really appreciate it I appreciate your time and I appreciate you sharing your like tangible passion with me oh. I love it
1: thank you and, and you as well this is amazing and I love what you're doing for our community so oh. I'm gonna definitely send everybody your way <laughs> I feel <can>, like <laughs> everyone go to FFS yes <laughs> so great